Welcome to Human, an Accenture podcast about workforce potential and the future of work. Your host is Jengis Bessem. My guest on this episode of Human is one of Accenture's foremost thinkers on designing workplace experiences that boost both performance and delight people. She's used a systems and data-driven approach to architect solutions across all industries. Nicole Knott is a Managing Director at Accenture's HR Tech Consulting Practice in the UK and Ireland, and it's my pleasure to welcome her to Human. Hello, Nicole. Hey, Jangus. Thanks for having me. Lovely to have you here on a very, very hot Monday afternoon. So thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right, apart from sweltering in the heat, as you said, but, <laughs> um, but really good and, and happy to, to be talking about such an important topic. Yeah, particularly um, this year more than ever, right? So I know that you've been at the forefront of uh, workplace experience prior to 2020, but I think 2020 has certainly thrown a bit of a spanner in the works in terms of what that even looks like anymore. We hear the term new normal a lot when it comes to the workplace. What do you feel that the optimal experience looks like? What, What is the new normal? Well, I think we're still trying to figure out what that new normal looks like. And, and the exciting part is is now is our opportunity to shape what we really think that new normal might look like. And even now, here we are recording this um, virtually and in the comfort of our own homes. And the question is, what will that look like going forward? And, and um, how? what's the right balance between work in the office in a physical shared space versus work in some sort of distributed way. And you're right. I mean, this isn't a new topic by any means, but it's a topic that's really been forced to the front line. Um, and, and COVID has certainly been the catalyst for um, encouraging conversations. And some, some organizations that were much more apprehensive to this notion of any remote working are certainly seeing the opportunities that it provides. So it's almost, I guess, forced a lot of us to reevaluate some of those orthodoxies that we had about the workplace that, you know, to some, maybe even their very existence um, in terms of, you know, those big office blocks and headquarters that, that, that we were once so used to going into. And I know certainly now on a very hot day like this, we might have appreciated the air conditioning, but for a lot of people, um, it's been, a, I think, a positive experience. Um, uh, Everybody is different. Are we seeing sort of a varied response in our clients and across the different industries that we operate in terms of how we're addressing this opportunity to reset? Well, I think I think yes is the long and short of it because, as you said, there are some clients who were very much on their way already, and some leaders out there saying to um, to the street, saying, you know, we are committed to having more flexible working arrangements, which targeted more around um, target uh, populations like. Uh, working moms that come back to work and and are looking for a more flexible working arrangement. But um, now this opportunity around all workforce is certainly um, accelerating the conversation. I think we saw some offices transition to more of the hot desk um, option where you'd come into the office and you didn't have a dedicated desk, but a dedicated section or floor in um, in the office. And teams were were already starting to work from some level of of um, a balance of work from home, work from the office, 
Um, but and those are the ones; those organizations are certainly accelerating thoughts around what that might look like going forward. And and those people, those organizations, often had the tools that enabled um, their employees to work optimally in remote locations. Uh, and so they might not have had as big of a jump to to work through, but others had um, had to sort out the technology to enable them to work from home, whether that was Teams or Zoom or some other way to enable um, uh, video calls, etc. Um, but even if we look at now that we're working more from more remotely for over 120 days, if you're looking at Europe and North America, it is a realization of finding a balance. So people have gone through that initial surge of, okay, I'm grateful to be working from home. Okay, I'm really grateful not to be commuting. <laughs> I'm really grateful um, to still be able to connect with my teams, but also recognizing I'm working more hours or um, I kind of miss the human interaction that I get when I go into the office. And, and it's a different experience, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, or depending on your, your work from home um, setup, like, are you in a, in a shared um, flat or are you in a, a lovely home in the countryside with a garden and, and, um, and maybe a proper office setup that you can, you can work within? It's a really good point because I think, you know, a lot has changed and rapidly continues to almost yo-yo in society at the moment in terms of, you know, we're we're sort of seeing localised lockdowns, we're having some restrictions lifted, um, some businesses are being encouraged to, you know, send their employees back to work, others are being a little bit more conservative and we've, we've certainly seen that right in in some of the press in the UK, we've had you know, large banks saying that is there a reason to have you know seven thousand people in a building anymore? And sort of changing their mind to say, well, actually, we need to ensure that we can evolve our culture and ways of working. So there is a space for the office. So people are we're sort of in this period of people changing their minds. And you you spoke a little bit there around not forgetting that the office or the home environment now is unique to each person. So the reaction, I think, initially was very much, you know, at an organisational level, centred on cost and and business continuity. What are the risks of organisations not looking at this from an employee experience perspective and taking into account, you know, that if the home is the new office, then every office is absolutely different? Well, I think I think that um, the realisation of, you know, instead you were and you might have been off uh, like running that one or a handful of of offices in the central London office locations. And that might've been what you're managing. But now if you have a hundred thousand employees, you actually have a hundred thousand offices that you're responsible Mm. for. Mm. And thinking about what is it that we can do to make um, our employees optimize their ability to to do their work. So if we think about um, the behavioral science lens of fuel and friction, what are the friction points that our employees are carrying with them that the organization that's within the gifts of the organization to help remove? And what are the things that um, are the fuel that helps them really ignite their ability to to do the jobs that, that we're asking them to do? And that is taking into consideration 
Um, if, if people are care, carers at home, whether that's for elderly parents or they're, they're juggling also being a teacher um, on top of everything for their children. Um, and, and that balance of understanding more than ever the importance of empowering managers with the skills and the, and the, um, and the knowledge to be able to better empathize with their employees to lead with vulnerability, authenticity, all of these things are more important now than ever. Um, and, and that means mental health is also something we've been being really mindful of through COVID as people have been in lockdown. And, and if you were sitting at home all alone in a, in a, um, a small flat, recognizing that, um, that, there are moments of, of um, being really important to, to be checking up just as humans as priority one. How are you doing um, to make sure that, that um, your team's um, safe and in the right mindset? And the flip side is recognizing how much people have um, been working extended hours. And that's something that right now we're really Access, assessing in terms of how to measure productivity and is what we're doing right now sustainable. And is that, I guess, one of the chief concerns that we're seeing from organisations? Like, do we have an answer yet as to whether people are more productive in this sort of distributed virtual way, or is the jury still out on that? Well, it's a great question. I think it is it is a big topic of discussion. And if we look back at assessing productivity, then the question is, were you able to measure successfully productivity before? Right. Um, and oftentimes um, you start with that question and, and, and people can't come up quite with an answer. So there's yeah. a recognition that productivity is difficult in and of itself to measure. Um, but at the same time, um, there is a desire to be able to understand what is making teams, individuals, more or less productive right now. And, and then and if you're thinking about a growth perspective, is that sustainable? Can my people, can my teams continue to execute at that level? Right. And you, when we talk about, I guess, our response to this and things like productivity, we often focus on the existing workforce, right? It's what are we going to do with the people who are used to, you know, coming into our HQ maybe four days a week, who are used to that hot desk environment, who can book that meeting room and have a, a design thinking session with post-its. Do you remember post-its? I kind of miss them. Um, they're not the same when they're virtual. It doesn't it doesn't have the same feel. Um, for me personally, everybody's different, right? Um, so Nicole, if we're working in this new distributed way, what does that mean for new employees and the, the actual, I say physical, but the actual contract of employment? Is, is the way that we contract work now going to change as a result of this? Oh, that's a good question. One that several are grappling with right now, because um, certainly from the news as, as folks, big giants out there like Twitter and Facebook coming out, Google coming out and saying we're giving work from home contracts or people uh, we're giving people a thousand dollars to spend on their home setups or we're going to never have people um, in the office or forced to come into the office again. I think that is forcing people to consider 
are there changes to the terms and conditions required to sustain this? And what sits behind this is the age-old question of fairness. Is it if I'm if I'm paying in the UK? Certainly, we know that there's large, um, expensive uh, season tickets or train passes for commuting into the city, and if that season ticket is no longer included in the expenses that I have to get into the office um, and somebody else who's choosing to live in, a, in the city paying more for, for the rent or the mortgage, etc. Should, should there be a, a different balance between what my compensation in terms of I'm paid more because I'm living in, in central London versus I'm, I'm paid a little bit less because I'm living in a lower cost um, location. Mm. Or am I compensated for for my work from home setup in terms of a proper desk, a chair, etc. And I think compensation is one thing that that organizations will continue to look at as things shift and evolve. Um, but ultimately, at the core of it, it will come down to um, as as organizations reflect on what they they believe their future distributed workforce model will look like and based on that they should assess the 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 impacts to the terms and conditions thereafter it's kind of a tough question it is a tough question it, it's almost like you know i my my desk is my, my home is my office there is a level of this that almost i don't want to say is regulatory but i don't want to i don't want a permanent injury because I'm not set up in a way that allows me to work right. in a healthy and sustainable way, right? So it's balancing that that risk as well, I think. It's not just sort of, um, you know, an optimal employee experience. I think there is a level of this that, you know, it's still relatively early in this new normal, but there is a, a, a bit of this, which is like, are we going to see a spike in quote-unquote workplace um, health issues or, or, or grievances because people's necks are strained where we're looking at our screens for too long we're not adjusting our chairs for our spine all of these things which I guess would be done in the physical office I think that there's something around what is it that that again that element of choice if I if I'm choosing to work remotely or in in, in, a, in a distributed means the expectation is that in order for you to be granted to that, this is at least conversation, so it's it's purely what we're discussing at the moment. But you know, if there is, if I choose to to take advantage of that distributed work contract, it may mean that I only qualify for that if I have a safe place to work from home. Like you can't, you can't. I.e., I don't want you working from your from your your bed or from the sofa um, day in and day out. So. If you if you have a proper setup, then um, then we're supportive of that as an example. And again, it comes down to everyone needing to kind of balance and find routines and rhythms that work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, I have some people who are who are like, okay, I'm going to call you. Let's talk at this time. Let's go for a walk together, which I think is a really right. smart way to balance doing some some being effective on having a, a, a work conversation but just mimicking almost the let's go have coffee chat and even I'm guilty a little bit of of you know forgetting that everybody's different because I sort of my personal interactions 
at work have really championed turning the video on. Yeah. You know, I'm like, let's get connected, guys and girls. Like, let's see one another. Let's make this feel like it's the office. But I'm also very aware now and have learned that that's exhausting. Like, that's exhausting. And for a lot of people, they're just, they're not set up or their environment isn't, they, they don't want to show that. Um, so when we talk about those moments that matter, you mentioned sort of the onboarding experience there. So the, the notion of somebody sort of starting virtually meeting a team and beginning their career without ever having you know physical contact with with a person do we know whether there are you know some real critical moments that that we absolutely should be there in person to do whether it's say like a promotion point or you know a number of organizations now are going through a redundancy process do we do we have a, a clear sort of notion of fairness that we're seeing in the industry about what absolutely should happen in person? Or again, is it is it too early? Are we still in sort of lockdown mode to know what that even looks like? Well, I don't know that we have so much option right now anyway. So we're starting to get even small numbers of people returning to the office and even folks who are saying, okay, we'll start to open the doors the the team the people physically going into the office the numbers are projected to be so low that it would be quite difficult to understand in real terms which scenarios would then trigger two people coming together for one of those moments that matter but from a philosophical standpoint as we start to think through some of those moments that matter they are things like onboarding. They are things like you mentioned that are more in the employee relations um, side, which are things like the um, whether that's whether that's performance discussions, redundancies, etc. Of course, you want a more human touch to that um, and more sensitive. But on the same time, you don't want the word on the street to be if you get called into the office, it's going to be a negative conversation. That's not we don't want people mentality of the office to be um, I'm being reprimanded, so to speak, or um, it should be there still needs to be a balance of the office should um, yield some returns. So in that in that nature, we also talk about maybe it's things like I'm kicking off a new strategic piece of work. I'm pulling together a new team. I'm pulling together this this new agile team that has not worked together. I want them to have that moment to 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 kick off and to have a chance to have a meal and share some laughs together in person. Um, that could be things like um, I'm I'm kicking off a new partnership relationship with another company that I want to make sure we've we've established those relationships. Um, together. It could be um, the design thinking sessions that you described. So those are some of the early thinking. Um, but but for sure, I think we're also just sorting out what is the right balance of, of days in office versus work from home. Um, it's not zero and, and, and five, it's somewhere in the middle. So um, getting somewhere to like uh, 50 to 60 percent in the office is feeling more like an optimal target um, mm. although I think it's it's still too early to call if that's where we'll land and also the hybrid situation right so mm. if your 50 percent of the week is probably going to be designed in a way that makes sure it's not the same as everybody else's half of the week uh, for obvious reasons and that hybrid scenario of you know me coming with my physical paper post-its and half mm-hmm. of the team still expecting to be able to take part virtually do you think that 
technology is still going to help us move further towards the virtual space. So a bit of a curveball question here, Nicole, but I'm thinking sort of, you know, the real advanced augmented and virtual reality type stuff. I've seen sort of use cases where, you know, you go into board meetings and you physically feel like you're there because you've got the the, uh, virtual reality glasses on and, you know, you sort of walk into the boardroom and, and everybody's sort of sitting there. It feels real. Do you think that that there's space for this to be an opportunity for us to accelerate some of that hyper-connectedness? I, I do think that there is space and, and the potential for, 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 for doing that. Would it be all meetings? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you were to say, you know, twice a year we're going to, for our quarterly meetings, two of them are going to be virtual and two of them are going to be in person, that may be an experiment that people test out to see if that works for them. And I think it's also going to be different by industry, by by team too, in terms of um, what helps optimize um, their, their, their relationships and their performance as a team. And I think it's going to be different for everyone. But as, as the VR um, and XR, et cetera, technologies uh, continue to advance, it may, it may look more and more appealing. Um, and even, even as I reflect on some of my senior clients they talk about you know it is nice to to not be jet lagged when i show up to that meeting right although it is also very difficult to get eight hours with if you have a truly global team it's hard to get enough consecutive hours together to really get through some meaty topics and instead you're you might be parsing it up into four hour chunks so there is going to be a balance ultimately just by the, the, the nature of the world um, to, to be able to, to maximize the work that needs to be done and the options that you have to, to do it. And in your, I guess, personal experience, I've, uh, I've, I've certainly noticed, sorry, that uh, I've almost gotten to know people better through this period. Um, I do think it's maybe harder to to get to know new people in the same way that you would do if you were meeting them in person. But with colleagues and, and clients um, sort of joining Teams and Zoom calls, there is something, ironically, actually, a bit more human, perhaps, sort of seeing them in their home environment and all of the normal and wonderful things that happen in the background of the camera that perhaps you know, we would have, we would have been about embarrassed about or tried to avoid previously. What, what have you personally found like during this experience that, that you've enjoyed? How, how have you actually taken this experience, Nicole, as an expert in this field? Is it, is it working for you and, and the way that you work and the way that you work with your teams or? Well, I think, I think the, the thing that's really cool is what you talked about. I mean, to see that uh, we have always talked about um, kids that um, are part of the the project teams, and to see them come into the into the screen, say hello, and, and an opportunity for for parents to 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 kind of bring both um, both what they're doing and the teams that they might be talking about at dinner to show, like, oh, you remember when you saw Nicole and Jengis on that video call? Um, that's who I was talking with today, and then that brings a, a different conversation to the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's pretty pretty cool because it does it does allow people to connect on a different level. What that has meant is that people who were leaders who were a little bit more, particularly leaders, who were more um, 
in private in their personal lives have have been faced with a with a conundrum do i do i share my personal situation or do i not and mm-hmm. and i think you know for myself as as you know sharing more about the things the passions that i have whether that's you know painting or or um cooking or bike riding recently all of these things have helped people connect on on different levels um which ultimately i think is what's driving that resilience and and stronger human interaction and if you you know if there was a a, a client that you are meeting with today that that wanted to get this right what would your what would your sort of key takeaways be in terms of helping to design that future new normal from a workplace experience perspective? I think the biggest thing is the element of choice. So right. so meeting people with where they are and it's okay if you don't want to turn on your video. It's okay if um, if you can't work late. Um, it is it is okay if you need to take three hours in the morning to get your kids ready to go for, for, for their school in the morning. Cause the morning routine is really important and sets you up for success as well in the rest of the day. Um, and, and it's important for leaders to recognize that what works for one person won't necessarily work for everyone. So it's really getting more in touch with, um, the, the emotional um, side of things to understand from an EQ perspective. Do my what is it that my people, my teams need to be again successful? And recognizing it's going to be hyper personalized. And again, when we start thinking about who's going to be coming into the office, that may look differently depending on people's personal circumstances. So it sh- it should be in a way that is allowing um, allowing flexibility. Um, to help again get the best out of out of your diverse um, teams. Uh, Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about what the future workplace may look like. I really liked that element of choice as being the key thing for people to think about. It's right at the heart of what the human podcast is about. Each one of us is different, and I do think it's a deeply personal thing. And um, our homes and our decisions as to how much we want to go into the workplace. And how much we want to stay at home. I think that's the part that really resonated with me. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Jengis, for, for the conversation and, and getting this out there. I think it's such an important topic um, and one that right now all of us have an opportunity to shape. And uh, I look forward to, to that moment that we can reconnect in, in person. But until then, um, take care and thanks very much. It was fascinating to hear from Nicole on the impact of coronavirus and the way it has challenged our very perception or even the definition of the workplace. We have a whole season of the podcast planned where we'll examine the future of work and what it means to be truly human. Search for Human, Unlocking Workforce Potential on all major podcast platforms to hear more episodes. And please like, comment and subscribe on this platform and others. I'm Jengis Besim and thank you very much for listening.